Well, here we are again. I guess it must be fate. We've tried it on our own, but deep inside we've known we'd be back to set things straight. I still remember when your kiss was so brand new. Every memory repeats, every step I take retreats, every journey always brings me back to you. After all the stops and starts, we keep coming back to these two hearts, two angels who've been rescued from the fall. After all that we've been through, it all comes down to me and you. I guess it's meant to be forever, you and me, after all. When love is truly right, because this time it's truly right. It lives from year to year, it changes as it goes. Oh, and on the way it grows, but it never disappears. After all these stops and starts, we keep coming back to these two hearts. Two angels who've been rescued from the fall. After all that we've been through, it all comes down to me and you. I guess it's meant to be forever, you and me, after all. That is the song, After All, uh, as sung by Cher on her 1989 album, Heart of Stone. And it is the song for this week's guests, the ones who are wrapping up our series on real love, my mother and father. Pastor Daniel Orton and his beautiful bride, my mother, sister Cheryl Orton. This is going to be a fun one today, folks. This is the one that is the ultimate episode of our series. It's what it's all been leading to, my parents. The ones who this podcast could not exist without. The ones that I could not exist without my inspirations for what relationships are supposed to look like. So let's get into this and let's talk one last time about real love. And welcome back. <laughs> now we are here for the real, real. And we are on our final part of our real love series we have our final couple that we are going to be interviewing here we go saves the best for last let's do this i mean the way we had this lined out we went for little to no experience in marriage you saved the dinosaurs for last Started we went to some something in the, the in the mid range, and now we have and I'm here to twenty sixty. Because you're an optimist. So, how long have you been together? Let's see. I went and seen her at the hospital when she was born. At least that's the story that was told. <laughs> <laughs> I would say nineteen eighty. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <So. clears throat> since uh, I... Since 1980. Yeah. Okay. Since I was five years old. All right. And, uh, oh, I almost forgot. Um, can oh, you tell, tell us who you are? 
you for real, because you introduced yourself as Texas Young a few minutes ago. <laughs> My name is Cheryl Orton, and I am the mother of this host. Of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what is it that makes, what do you do, what makes you special? Well, I do a lot of things. Yeah. I breathe. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so which part of what do I do do you want to know? Uh, just tell us, if you were to tell someone who you were, what would you say? I am the wife to Daniel Orton. I am a pastor's wife. I am a phlebotomist and donor recruiter. I'm a child of God. Okay. I'm the grandmother of Corbin Alexander Young, the mother of Jacob Orton and Bethany Young. The mother-in-law of Texas Young. Okay. Did I leave out anything? The daughter of Kenneth Fuller. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the late Yvonne Fuller. You're going to get that specific. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Now. Why don't you okay. introduce yourself? Uh, I am Daniel Orton. <laughs> Cheryl's husband. And all the other people connected to me also. <laughs> Pastor Church in Marion, Kentucky, Harvest House. Mm-hmm. And You're I work in a secular world as a machinist. I've been that for over 30 years. Okay. Now, so you have, say you've been together since, or you've known each other since 1980. <clears throat> yeah. How long have you been together? <laughs> we broke up when I was 12 for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we've been together since what? Well, that would have been... I'm 40... 87. Six, yeah. 87, 86, 87. Yeah. We got married in 1993. Okay. Together for a while. So, how did you actually start dating? <laughs> this is a weird story. Dating or the first time? Uh, let, let's hear both. <laughs> <laughs> well, my sister Kim was dating his brother Michael, who she is now married to. And my niece, who is only 18 months younger than me, and I were looking at your books and deciding who we thought that we should marry and all this kind of stuff. And she said that she was going to marry Michael. And I said, okay, I'll just marry Daniel then. And it kind of, the rest is history. Who was going to marry Michael? Candy. Candy. You know. Pastor Brad Giffen's wife. Yeah. I can't imagine that couple. Okay, so, all right, so that's you saying it was going to happen, but how did it happen from there? I chased his legs off. So she was five, and she comes bouncing out of the Sunday school room in her little can-can dress and says, I'm going to marry that Daniel Orton whether he likes it or not. So this pretty cute little girl, it was flattering, you know. <laughs> She chased me down. <laughs> All right. I got my way. <laughs> okay. All right. So from there, so how did it happen 
for you said the you said the second time. You said the first time, second time. There are two separate stories here. You said so. Well, the first time he ever called me was on December the second. From I don't know what year it was from a payphone in Dairy at Dairy Queen. That's before we had cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jason Darnell like brought. I don't know. Like something like you that. or something. I don't know. And we and there the May the sixth of some year. Not sure which was at one point our anniversary of when we actually said we were boyfriend and girlfriend. So. Nineteen thirty two. Nineteen thirty two, no. Yes, six exactly. years before her father was born. <laughs> okay. So what made you so you said what made you decide was basically she chased me down and I was like, All right, fine, let's do this. Right. Isn't this beautiful? Hey, that's basically <laughs> it. Hey. Well, I mean, so, not exactly. Anyways. All right. So, what made you decide, let's do this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm asking you. I mean, oh, you're been, asking Daniel? It's, okay. it's been a long time ago. So. <laughs> all right, all right. This is a boring interview. I'm she was, you. She right. was oh, this stop. cute. She was this cute little girl that always liked me. So, in my mind, it was always well. I was, of course, being almost five years older than her, and different school and all that kind of stuff. So, I always thought, yeah, maybe someday we'll get married. And I always wondered if he really liked me. Now it's the way around. I wonder if she likes me now. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, if you could do single, and by single I mean pre-marriage life, because I don't mean when you were four years old. <laughs> Uh, if you could do single life over again, what would you change? Mm. Relationship-wise or just... Yeah, uh, it's life. What opportunities would you take differently if you could do your pre-marriage life over? We explored way too much. Okay. Physically. And we shouldn't have done that. Wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have, um, put God more centered. Yeah, I'd put God more centered. And of course, we was in a different church setting that didn't really push that as much. So, and mom and dad was, I mean, I always went to church, but dad was never serious so it made it easier for me not to be as serious. I was the I was the hypocrite growing up. And in church I was churchy and then in school I was like all the other boys. So I would have I'd been a lot more serious. I wouldn't have pushed her to get married so soon. That's okay. of course that's hindsight twenty twenty. I'd let her I just pushed her too soon being older. Jeannie's gonna come back, never gonna get married. But anyway. That didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are. I feel like 29 years later, married. Yeah, well. So. It worked out. In the end, it worked out. I've heard you mention something else uh, as well Uh, how you handled high school. Me? Education and all that. Oh, yeah, I would have heard you mention that quite a bit. Machining is not what I would have picked as a career field. 
I went my junior year because it was co-op. I don't call it what, no, is it co-op? Hmm? Considered co-op. I, I've heard. No, uh, you're talking about trade school. Yeah. And how was it though? Vocational. But anyway. I think I met your math teacher today. Mr. Duncan. He's not a math teacher anymore. He's old. Ask him if he knows me. He'll know. Uh, Will he really? <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll remember me. I, I like him. I've known him for a long time. I just didn't realize that's who he was. He's an extraordinary guy. Anyway. Marlon <laughs> Duncan. Marlon Duncan. Best teacher in the world. Really? Absolutely. Oh, he'll be happy to hear that. I'll tell him. My favorite He's teacher negative. <laughs> <laughs> you tell we've been married for a while. Hippa. Uh, this is the so anyway i would have applied myself more at school because i thought why use 100 percent of your brain when you can use 80 and get by but i wouldn't have been a machinist i probably would be a veterinarian uh i've heard basically one thing i hear a lot of people talk about uh, with, a cat to be a vet. That's maybe true. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of people talk about that one of the most important things uh, is use your single years to become successful and do as much as you can because once you're married... That doesn't work too well when you get married at 17. I wasn't talking to the one who got married at 17. Well, you, you, I was you, using the perspective of the one who got married uh, five years old. I mean, I used my years wisely, yeah, I guess, I, is, yeah, for I know, what I've done was, afterwards, and but that's a I whole lot of what school. I'm hearing. That's a whole lot of what I'm hearing from everyone so far. It's a recurring theme. I would apply myself more here. I would apply myself more here, and then also and, I would have done less of. Yeah, and what he said too he was talking about his dad not being very serious. My dad was extremely serious about God, and I dealt with a lot of anxiety with trying to. Uh, figure out, deal with the fact that I wasn't living the way that I knew I was supposed to live and then trying to hang on to a boy and trying to hang on to God and trying to do my best in school and trying to do everything and doing everything halfway. So in this context, what do you think you did right there? I loved God through it all. And I did try my best at school to a certain extent. I don't know. I, I, I know for a fact it was God's will that, will that I married Daniel Orton. Yeah. Well, I certainly hope so. Yeah, I remember when she was talking about the time we broke up. I don't know if I ever even told you this or not. <laughs> oh, no. We broke, up. we broke up for two weeks, and um, it was a wild two weeks. <laughs> but anyway. He was... Calling Candy, jerk. I was just trying. No, I was just trying to find out what's going on with her. Oh, okay, I thought you meant you were flirting with her. Well, I thought no, you was. I wasn't. You let me believe it too. Oh yeah, that was me. Anyway, jerk. But I remember I asked Mama. I don't know how many times, Mama. Do you think it's God's will for me and her to get married? She said, I don't know, son. You just have to keep watching, wait and see. I thought you were stupid. <laughs> uh, she probably thought you were stupid. She might. She might have. <laughs> oh man. You never said. You never said. So what do you feel like you, you did? What? You did right then during the during your, that time. Me? Yeah. What did you do right? <laughs> um, 
I guess my senior year, I did make a decision to go make my mind up to actually go forward and not be the hypocrite. Oh, yeah. Although, you know, like, like she said, we did explore way too much as, as a couple. I definitely would have done, wouldn't have done that, but we'd put more boundaries. But with that said, I made a decision that I wasn't going to turn back. I was going to plan on... I had no thought from the time in September of 1987 when I decided I'm going to live for God. I never had any thoughts of ever not living for God. Yeah. Although I wasn't always living for God like I should have. I never had no thoughts of going back. And I went and furthered my education. I got out of high school. I went back to school. Two years of vocational school. I got a machine tool technology diploma. Um, Nowadays, it would be a, what do they call it, bachelor, I guess? Associate. Associate, there you go, associates. Yeah. But they put a lot more education to it now. Then it was more shop time, so... It's nowhere near. The difference is now they include some gen eds yeah. in there as well. You have to do some math and some English and all oh, that. Oh, he had to do well. math. I had to do math. I no, it's like some other types yeah, of Yeah, no, there's no English. English. We've done, we done math, that Get some gen eds in there. That's mm-hmm. Geometry, that's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Science and all that. But anything applied to what I was doing, but I didn't, there was no English. And, so, all this in context, what obstacles did you overcome <clears throat> while dating, and how did you overcome them? Many, many, many obstacles. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So I can't tell you the amount of times that I started out writing a letter, breaking up with him. By the time it was over, I was, oh, I love you so much, I'm so sorry. And then I'd rip up the letter and never give it to him. <laughs> so, it was the the obstacles were the, the age difference, uh-huh. um, and then the us exploring too much and then still trying to keep boundaries at the same time yeah yeah so how and, and, and part of the obstacles honestly was her dad being so strict and my family was not as strict yeah. so that created obstacles mm-hmm. the it's two different we, would we say, had two different cultures a whole lot yeah before my sister got married joy many oh my many nights that i sit on the phone with him arguing with joy i didn't like her I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Because Joy is strict, strict. And he not, not. <laughs> I was not at all. arguing about? So, let's get to the context. Whether something of, was wrong or not. So, let's get to the context of how did you get past these things? Joy got married. <laughs> she probably didn't need to because then she could have kept fussing in Joy, yeah. So, Joy got married in... December of 1987. Uh-huh. So, but I, you know, that's probably part of it, too, is about the time she got married is also about the time that I really got serious about, or more serious about God, so. Mm-hmm. So how you so got... that balanced me out So how you overcome it was getting refilled with the Holy Ghost and moving forward. Yeah. Okay. That's what you need to do. You need to be full of the Holy Ghost. That's how you I overcome it. I wasn't full it. enough then, though, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So. So what boundaries were you making sure to keep? We did not have sexual intercourse. There we go. All right. <laughs> you move. You move. Back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So but, that. Okay. I don't encourage nobody to do that. Uh, what? Yeah, you do. No, I mean the rest of it. Oh, okay. The rest of it. <laughs> 
because so basically that's the, you don't <laughs> encourage anyone to only keep that one. Yeah. Yes, you need you need more boundaries, and mm-hmm. the reason is is us guys are so stupid that we don't think about it, but the women think about it different. Yeah. So. Okay. So, at what point did you know, and how did you know, that you wanted to get married? We always knew we wanted to get married. I think that was, yeah. yeah. Just always knew. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, that's just how so, it felt. Th- so, at what point you knew was at the moment you said, I'm going to marry him. Uh, there were a lot <laughs> of times that I would like, oh, I'd daydream about this, this, or this one. Maybe <laughs> Kirk Cameron or... Kirk <laughs> <laughs> What? That doesn't count. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> but I mean, and, but, and we, one of the other boundaries we had, this is really weird to talk about, it's music. Because we would go from listening to all gospel music, like, and back then, all gospel music was like southern gospel we'll music. We'll set your fields on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Turn your and radio then on. it would go to Carmen, which is a big leap. Yeah, it was. And then it would go to country. Then it would go to rock. And then we'd go all the way back. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, it was always trying to figure out if we were really going to be all in for Jesus or not. such a different culture, too. Gosh, I'm glad we didn't date in this culture. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm getting there later on. I'm going to ask you some questions about that. (laughs) There would actually be a lot of pros as well, though, because... The culture, or like maybe the standard for young people, is a little is quite a bit higher than it was. It is. Back it then. is. It really is. Like, and I hope you get to that. If not, I, church. Yeah. The I standard think for young people is a lot higher. According which apostolic well, church you're talking about? Our apostolic. Church. That's right. <laughs> the standard. Well, even the apostolic church, the exact apostolic church that you grew up in. It's not the, the same, yeah. I know, that's what but I'm saying. But we were discussing earlier that there are other mm. apostolic churches that are a lot like the apostolic church we yes, grew up in. but that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm saying that's a reason why it's... Uh, t- I would say the standard was higher than in a lot of them than it is now. Not in ours. No. No, not necessarily not in, in the church you grew up in. The but church I'm, we grew up in. There was in, a whole lot there of There was a spirit of perversion, right. I believe. Yes, that and there was. Mm-hmm. And we, of course, we wouldn't even go into that. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. There were some things that we found out right before we got married <laughs> that probably explained a lot of the stuff while we dealt with some things mm-hmm. because there was a spirit of perversion in that church. Mm-hmm. And people don't think that's true or that's real. It is real. Mm-hmm. You listen to rock music, sis? Like, wow. Who said that? Lisa. Sister Penny. Oh, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, Thank God for the blood. <laughs> hey, um, you go you go walking, Sister Penny, you go walking with her through the mall and any of them songs come on, she still knows them. <laughs> she can leave. hear one song. They never like, leave. This is the reason why yeah. music gets inside your head. That's the reason it's so important to control what you're listening to. She can this hear one song. Because she will never forget. Well, life's got twists turned upside down. I can just hear a <laughs> random word and it'll make me think of a 
song that I should have never. The song remembers to. when. That's another one of those songs from my back then. You don't know that song, do you? Okay. No. Oh. Let's move remember forward. Remember when me and you were little and we you we would like, I would like play a game and we would just come up with some random word and see if she could think of a song for it. And I usually yes, did. usually. And, and yeah, so you know when you you knew you wanted to get married since the beginning yeah. is what you're saying. So how did you differentiate between follow your heart and knowing it's God's will for you to get married? Because I know well, you said the, you were asking that question. I was going there before and actually stopped for it. Yeah. What would happen with me if I would really, really, when I was really trying to get close to God, I knew I was supposed to marry him. When I would start not thinking that I was so close to God, my mind would start wondering other directions. Mm. That's me. I don't know. So, and part of her issue with it was... At that time, I didn't preach, and she felt like she was going to marry a preacher. Mm. So maybe I need to circle back to this question. How did ministry affect your dating life? Even Our though dating you, life? Yeah, even there though... There was no ministry. Was no That's ministry. not true. You just said, you just said there was a calling. Whether you're yeah. in there or not. Yeah. And honestly... How did that calling affect you? That is another thing. It didn't affect mine because I shut it off. Well, and and me, I like decided I was supposed to be Nona Freeman for a little while. And I was like... Nona Freeman's supposed to be Nona That's right, but I didn't realize that. I heard a guy preaching and he he said Mm -hmm. this. He said so many people these days are obsessed with mantles and picking up mantles. But I got one question. Where did Elijah get his mantle? God? Exactly. Elijah made his own. Mm. Well, God made it. I think the actual fabric, I'm assuming Elijah probably made his own. That's what I'm talking about. No. I don't think God made it physically. That was you mean his cool. actual, like, physical the, the yeah, cloak? The cloak that oh, one Elijah Elisha like, picked up. Are yeah. you really? We've turned it, we've turned mantle into such a spiritual term. You forgot it was actually a piece, heard, of, piece of clothing. Have you heard? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've heard. Have you ever heard Brother John Herring's message about that? Um, probably, but I don't know. Basically, he's talking about how the mantle really wasn't that big of a deal. What? Well, no, the actual mantle was not the that actual big piece of, a deal, of fabric. We've made it such. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time. I. I believe I heard Mark it's Brown talking about this week. So, oh. yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, moving forward. So close to God, I feel like I'm supposed to be with him. When I'm not close to God, I feel like I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's a I thought it was me. peace. Yeah. Peace. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So I know you've been so excited for this question. What was your proposal maneuver? <laughs> it sucked. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it does suck. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so, I was working at my first uh, machine job, Fuller Machine. So It's called Fuller? Yeah. Fuller Machine, yeah. And he was not related to us. No. Mm-mm. So, I saved up the money, bought the ring, and I don't know how long I had it. I do remember when I got it, though, camp meet was going on Lighthouse, and I went and got it. Where Nona Freeman was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went and got the ring, and ended up going to camp meeting that night. But anyway, we were doing family pictures or something. We were maybe? taking family pictures. Taking family pictures or something, and oh, I come in the house, stories. at her house, and in her bedroom, and just got on a knee and asked her. 
And that's all there is to it. And then we went and took family it? pictures. No. What'd you do? Or was I expecting it? I don't know if you was or not. You don't even remember. You didn't pick you the did. ring out, did you? No. We talked about it a lot. On now, the during that time, I don't remember anybody ever doing fancy proposals. They probably did, though. They might have. I went out behind the rock pile over there, got down on one knee, and asked her to marry me. What's that? That was uh, it. Just That's it. from Adventure Sound. And then we went and took family <laughs> pictures. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have to be fancy. I mean, you could be like Jim Megan and give her a big speech about how uh, you better be fasting multiple times a week. And he didn't do that. I mean, it was better than Jason yeah. and Brittany's goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, actually, no, I don't agree. This is actually really cool. That would happen in a TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah, it did. Okay. Oh, side comment that is not in our questions. Uh, did you guys dance at any point? Oh, no. yes. We went to the prom. Yeah. So. We did way too much. You know that. We already yeah. told you that. <laughs> Pen- Penny's, <laughs> sli- Penny's still in shock over the fact you're listening to rock music. <laughs> Everything so now she I do, I do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> did you know? Now, we went to the your senior prom and we danced. But we didn't get there in time for nothing. Rabbit, did you know the song uh, I'll Be Watching You? Yeah. It actually was actually supposed to be about a stalker. And everybody just interpreted it as his love song, so he just made it about a love song. Or made it a love song. Every move you make. It's a stalker song. (laughs) Okay. All right. We are so off point now. Okay. So, you proposed... How long were you engaged? We got engaged. It would have been fall of 92. We got married June the 25th, 1993, exactly like 25 days after I graduated high school. Nice. Nice. (laughs) So what was the hardest part of being engaged? I wanted to get married on Christmas, and he didn't want to wait that long. (laughs) (laughs) He thought he was going to be old. I am old. Because six months. (laughs) Six months makes that much difference. (laughs) Hey, you got to remember. We just went through a time when it was 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come back in 88. So we yes, that was marriage. a large, large part of my life. Sitting on the side of the bathtub, talking to my mama, bawling and crying, thinking God was going to come back before I got married. Okay. I think that happened a lot. I'm gonna move. All right, I'm gonna move one of our last questions forward. Uh So, what do you say to someone who just wants to get married already? Uh, you don't need to do that. (laughs) You need to uh, live for God. You need to become everything. And also, hold on, hold on. I hope I'm not overstepping when I say this. Okay, go ahead. But. The reason you were so scared of God coming back was because was I was not living right. You weren't living right, and like you said, you guys did too much. The answer in this situation is to start living right, and then you'll have peace about God coming back. Yeah. Yeah. So, to that person. But yeah. then there are other people. But yeah, this has been an issue for people since. Yeah, I'll ever since rapture was, sermons have been preached. Yeah, and there's this other girl that was one of my friends that told me, she said, she came to my house after uh, revival one night. She said, when I do like this, she said, I just pray for God to come back right now so I don't backslide again. She didn't backslide again. Yeah. She got married well, that's, that's six good. weeks later and she's doing awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> 
yeah. Yeah, just the biggest thing I think. I think that, probably it may be a different story for everybody. Get your too, spiritual self that. right. Yeah. That's the answer. Be and accountable. I, that's pretty much what think, Roy said at the yeah. end of the I was afraid at right. that point that if I didn't do everything he said, he was going to run off and leave me, though. Him? Yeah. Well, then he would have run off and left you. I don't know why. Because <laughs> she's irrational. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, <Lord>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So you think if I had really made my boundaries right, you wouldn't have run off and left me? I wouldn't have left you. Aww. Why would I love you? <laughs> oh, no, God. I still wonder if you would have run off and left me. All right. All right. right. Listen, if I hadn't run off and left you yet, I never was going to. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, what is your favorite pre marriage memory of your spouse? My favorite pre marriage memory of my spouse. <laughs> I want to know if I can tell a story. Uh, or if I can ask you to tell a story. Oh. I'm we'll just going to say one word. What? And then you can say if I'm allowed, to, or if you're allowed to tell it or not. Doritos. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so that's her that favorite drink. That is not my favorite <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get you guys' answer before we get to okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't woke up enough. He... Oh, I, w- I had a lot of anxiety. Uh-huh. And this is actually something we still do to this day. Okay. When he was getting ready to leave at night, I would hug him, I would kiss him, and say, I love you, be careful, pray for me, That's and say it over and over and over again. That's your favorite memory? It, huh? No, it, but there's it's, more it's, to this. I'm just sure. saying, no, the fact not. that he would sit and listen to me oh. and wait and put up with my idiosyncrasies and love me through it all. Okay, that is sweet. All right. Yeah. What about you? I'm thinking. Okay. I I mean, there's plenty, so... You have plenty of favorites? I enjoyed... I enjoyed teaching her how to drive. Oh my goodness, why? (laughs) I don't know, but I did. (laughs) This is, that reminds this me, that reminds me, it was, was it because she was a bad driver and you thought it was funny? And we'd be driving no, down I mean, the freeway and he'd say, oh, sure, there's a car coming. I let go of the steering wheel. Yeah. Like, ah! No, no. We're driving down the freeway and there's a cop goes by. This cop goes by and I said, oh my God, he turned around and got his lights on. She lets go of the steering wheel and goes, oh my God. I was just joking. Why would you let go of the and covered her eyes. <laughs> now she about killed us one day, but it was. What? When I ran over the curb? No, we went off that right there was a tornado wiping oh, the houses yeah. out. Yeah. My little blue truck, she dropped off and I ran grabbed the whole steering wheel and pulled it back up. <laughs> I enjoy it. Well, you I did guess. You did do a good job teaching me how to I enjoyed us riding together in a car. It was fun. Because she used to sit by me. She don't do that anymore. We have bucket seats. That's true, but... <laughs> you can sit in the middle, con- the middle console. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> what? That's what Trippini said when she jumped over the Daniel's back. I was pregnant with Bethany. Yeah, that that's voice. not a pre-marriage memory. <laughs> yeah, that's well, not a pre-marriage memory. Okay, so we get to tell the Dorito story now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd heard stories of people chewing gum and swapping gum while they're kissing. 
I was eating Doritos and I shared my Doritos with him and he did not appreciate it. Not at all. <laughs> so I want to. I want to watch it happen. Like, I, I want to. Like if I could time travel, that's where I would go. It was nasty. I, I want to watch it happen. He was sitting on the space heater in our living room. His reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Look on his face. I want to see it. It can still taste it. It is not. so gross. Okay. So, what was the most important element of planning your wedding? Well, letting her do what she wanted. All right. I was trying to make sure I got everybody in there and not for, not leave anybody out, not hurt anybody's feelings. And, Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, you said the most important thing was get out of the way and let her do what she wants. Whatever she wants. Let's do it. Just so long as it doesn't happen in December. Just get married. (laughs) (laughs) You at least you you didn't do you didn't you didn't go six weeks, so Oh no. I was going to make sure that it was awesome. Yeah. That was very important for me. So what's the funniest thing that happened on your wedding day? Heather. Okay. Oh, yeah. Baby. Forget about that. Norman and Heather. It was Sean and Sean, Sean Beverly's Linda. son, Sean, was our miniature. The ones that's standing and Mike and him's thing. Yeah. 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 He's, he's like a little bit younger than her. They're about like Brooklyn Corbin. Okay. Except for they're like, what? Three and four. I've seen the pictures. Of yeah. Them, so. Okay. Yeah. She was born in 92. We Minister got married in 93. Green. She was only, she was walking good. Yeah. Well, she was, she was born April two. of 92. We got married June of 93. Okay. So it's about like Brooklyn and Corbin, isn't it? Okay. Well, Brooklyn so, walks well. Yeah. No, actually, okay. she was born in 91. Okay, so she was two. Because I started at Fuller's in 91. I started in Leisure's in 92. Okay. All right. So she was two. Okay. That, that, that makes sense. Okay. Because I was anyway, still in trade school. And we were sit, standing in the back, or no. They were standing in the back, and she had this pretty little dress and this, uh, like, bouquet, and he was standing back here, and he grabs a hold of his mom's leg and cries, and she's like, tries to get him to come with her, and he won't do it, and she just looks at him, throws her bouquet over her shoulder, and just walks on down the aisle. (laughs) (laughs) Just like you can see her doing now. (laughs) In charge. <laughs> I I will take charge if I must. Yeah. That's what she does. So Yeah, past the wedding day. And who knows, maybe we've touched on this. What was the funniest early marriage story that you can think of? Now you can tell the story. That wasn't really early though, if you were pregnant with me. Is that that's probably gonna top the cake that's, though, isn't it? That's probably. <laughs> we got married ninety three. That happened ninety eight. That's five years. That's still early. Okay. Yeah. All right. Early yeah, comparison to twenty nine. So. Okay. Yeah. I was quite large, pregnant with Bethany. Bethany weighed eight pounds, fifteen and a half ounces, and I'm five foot tall. So there you go. <laughs> so, um, we had been to a wedding, and so we were. I was still wearing my dress from the wedding and we were arguing about something I have no idea. I have no idea what, what. it's about. I was probably quite hormonal at the time. Doesn't take much I get there anyway. But he walks Am I working out on the house still probably? I don't think so. I think he's working on the 
Bethlehem. That I was working on the house here at the same time. Here? That was when Jacob was. Was it? Yes. Yeah. No, that's not it. Because I was pregnant with Bethany in this story. And well, that's when we opened the church building up, though. Oh. Okay. Anyway. But this wedding was at the old church. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So he walks out to get the mail, and I think he's leaving because he's mad at me. And I'm not cool with that. So I could take off and jump on his back and say, Neil! And well, what does Jake and do it? I don't know. I don't remember that. I, <laughs> You're just I, I couldn't, something. I couldn't tell you either. So. Okay. I ripped the button off of his shirt and he had a scratch on his neck for a pretty good little while. <laughs> he was just in his room like reading the book. And, and I just like, died laughing. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't help. I just died laughing. Yes. Right, Pretends so, that he wasn't. Look, I wasn't leaving. <laughs> All right, so. I did that one time, like, as a joke. Me and you Texas ran and were, jumped on his back. No, listen. I was, I left when me and Texas were fighting. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> About five minutes of just driving around to his Texas and said, when are you going back? <laughs> and then I just came back. <laughs> Texas no, is a lot it more. It also killing. wasn't a very serious argument. Um, like I think it was over something stupid. <laughs> so what? what? She's talking about texting. I just thinking. I'm glad we didn't have cell phones when we dated. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a huge thing. Oh yeah. I had to call at exactly at a certain o'clock. time. I had a five minute lenience one way or the other. And I remember one day me and Brad went out. Playing basketball? No, we was out in the woods just shooting the guns. And we're laying there in the middle of the field just looking up at birds. And all of a sudden it dawned on me. Oh, my God, what time is it? <laughs> I was 30, 40 minutes away from the house. <laughs> I got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So. We didn't even have to call waiting, did we? No. Call waiting. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know what call waiting Like is. if you're getting a call when you're on the phone and you can oh, flip over. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. didn't have that. Well, no, you show busy. What's call waiting? <laughs> uh, I probably could figure it out if I thought about the words. Yeah, in context, yeah. So, what was the biggest surprise of married life? We were kind of like what Bethany and Texas said. We literally, really, really, really knew each other. We'd been together so long. Yeah. We, the, we I don't know. communicated Cause, I mean, a lot. You know your mother. You have to communicate with her. Yeah. So, but the last year or better, before we got married, I'd come home, take a shower, eat something, and I'd leave, and I was gone till too late. Mm-hmm. Get home. So we was together so much. Yeah. You, you, you eat two hot dogs. And honestly, yep, yep. Come home, eat two hot dogs. Oh, honestly, <laughs> story and honestly, as far as myself, I was dealing with so much anxiety and everything before we got married. That after we got married, I got a lot better. And I remember walking through the house one day, thinking, "Hey, I'm better." Cool. Yeah. The thing is, I've heard so many people say. Oh, if you've got the problem before you get married, once you get married, it's not going to go away. Yeah, but mine was a sin problem. I've heard it about sin problems. The well, problem of well, from I'm the saying, male perspective. What, I think what he's saying is that mm-hmm. that's not always true. 
it's not always true. Especially if it's a God thing and mm-hmm. you help each other. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. So, since you've been married, what has been the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome? Or maybe you can go by decade. <laughs> there's been a few. Because I know there's been a few. Maybe not just one big one. Really Dealing hard. with my anxiety. <laughs> it was really hard in 1998 when they had a baby. That was better than all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we was married a year and a half when dad got killed. Yeah, that's true. And then we moved to this house. We shouldn't have. We should have waited. We really wasn't financially ready for it. Made some financial. bad financial decisions. I mean, we've always paid tithes, but just because you pay tithes don't mean you're not going to struggle if you make dumb financial decisions. So um, I guess you'll ask some questions like that advice for later, but I'll save that. But but the first decade, I guess. That's the first time. 10 years. Well, the first 10 years uh, gets us to... Oh, three, so. Yeah, and then we decided to start a church. Well, and during that first well, 10 years, there's also, we we got, had a major breakthrough with talking, communicating, and getting some forgiveness over that stuff was, before we got married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you're talking about anxiety. Mm-hmm. Talking about the fact that, um, Papaw. Mm-hmm. Had accident died. Jake and started Jake and was born, had we had issues there with so, your birth and then you started having seizures. In the yeah. same year you was born, then, I also accepted my call to ministry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that put a different spin on things. So then I ended up being youth pastor. Mm-hmm. That put some challenges in our world. Yeah. But it kept us occupied when, and busy. And when Bethany was born there was also like major I was afraid when she was born that, you know, something was going to be wrong and all that kind of stuff with her, too. And, and I was just, perfect. And then but you, you were perfect. But also... And then uh, somewhere around 2000, you have another issue with uh, your son started having seizures. Well, that's what I, I yeah. just yeah. already said well, that. There, there's, a lot, yeah. there's a lot that happened <laughs> in that time frame where mm-hmm. Bethany but, was born, we was building a church, we was redoing the house, um... The church at that time went from, um, or went to, I'll put it that way, went to a extremely strict um, culture in our church where everything was wrong. He caused some family issues with my side of the family because they never was as strict as that. So some of my family left the church. That put a lot of strain on a relationship. So that was a challenge to get beyond some of that stuff. So... That period, probably from the time I accepted my call till probably 2001 or two, was was some tough times. Because we had two two small kids, financial issues, dealing with church issues, and you know. So, what did you end up dis? What did you uh, go ahead and talk about what you ended up doing to? decide what you were going to do during that time when things were going back and forth from strict to not as strict. That was after we started the church, wasn't it? No, it was not. It was not. Because we got to this point where 
as fast as the church got strict, it went almost as fast the other way. Where during that process, there were things that we realized, okay, yeah, we do need to have these, we do, I won't say strict, we need, do need to have these principles in our life. Mm-hmm. And finally, I, I remember coming home one day and I, was, I looked at her and said, that's it. We're not changing no more. This is how we're going to live. Anybody, the other church, the rest of the people in the church, we're living like this. This is where we're staying. Yeah. And that's what we've done since that time. So we just made a stand for our household. This is how we're going to live. So how did specifically, what are some things that ministry specifically did to change things in your marriage? Well, there's focus. Yeah. I remember we heard Jonathan Suber say, passion plus purpose equals peace. And once we found our purpose and got passionate about it, there was a lot more peace that just came about. During that... Focus. During that time, we was dealing with some strict people. We was around a lot of different ministries. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to be this and that. But once we... Once I became youth pastor, star, that put we put our focus and our passion into that, and we did. We shoved it into it, and we both were Sunday school teachers, so we just became very passionate about ministry, mm-hmm. no matter what it was. So, so how did the calling to starting the church affect things? Going from youth pastor to starting a church how did you handle that as a couple the decision to start the church the decision the process and how did you handle it there was a lot of the deciding to do it was there was a lot of stress there yeah as far as once we actually made the decision to do it it that was just uh, deciding to go all in and this is what we're going to do. And part of the stress was the fact that we had flirted with the idea of moving to Alabama to go help mm-hmm. some people and start a church down there. And we had basically been told no. Mm-hmm. So it was some anxiety of, okay, are we going to be allowed to do this and stay in submission, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are some obstacles you've had to overcome in the last 16 years of marriage since starting a church. Because that's the dividing point, really. I it think. is. Yeah. Um, being able... I, just keeping communication open and being willing to uh, talk about things without killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know that maybe some of the church people I'm sure is watching or may listen, but the the church has no idea the the conversations, the arguments. You guys do. You've been here, but that Mm -hmm. goes into dealing with the ministry and and trying to keep things on a ground where you can keep going forward. It's challenging. Yeah, and, and be able it, to keep some margins. That's and it's yeah, margin. That's that's the thing. And, yeah. and like right now, we're in that place where it's it's tough. I mean, it's tough for everybody right now with 
prices going up and but then we added in the aspect of um having to help with her dad and she's working i'm working because we made some bad financial decisions we're trying to get some things paid off for but anyway and to put this in context you're talking about bad financial decisions that were made during the course of 29 years of marriage yeah exactly <laughs> yes yes and, and it's and, not those don't just go away overnight no they don't no and here's the thing we're at we're in the position we're probably in one of our better financial positions ever in our life but we've got some debts we're trying to pay off so therefore we're paying a lot extra on debt to try to get it paid off yeah to where either me or her or neither one of us have to do work and we can just totally be in a ministry and we're working on that fact so so you mentioned communication as being the key to a lot of this. How do you make sure that you're keeping clear communication? If it's on my mind, I talk about it. <laughs> so let, <laughs> let me let me say this. I, I, I've thought about this because after listening to other podcasts, Cheryl doesn't have a problem with that. If anything, she says too much at times. <laughs> really? But I've not always been that way. So she's helped balance me out. So with the stuff we done when we was young, exploring too much in our relationship before we got married, me being a guy, being dumb, like, uh, whatever. Her, she thought more deeply, so it created anxiety along with some other factors in her life. So when Bethany had an encounter with a guy, when he made, he tried something on her, all of a sudden, the reality smacked me in the face of what I'd done to, to her. And I'll never forget, that put me on a journey of me being a better person and realizing that um, I got issues. And I remember laying in the bed, probably about 30 minutes, weeping and crying, almost un uncontrollably apologizing for that incidents before we got married. And I would say this, not only communicating, but be honest with yourself. Because the communication, you can talk all day long, but if you're not willing to be honest with yourself, the communication's not going nowhere. If you can't be honest with yourself, you can't be honest with anyone exactly. else. Exactly. And there's a lot of times in my part of my conversations... I'm not willing to admit where I'm wrong. I'd like to think I'm much better than I was. I still got a way to go. <laughs> Am I better? <laughs> How many times do you ask me this? Um, Every time we start having an argument, he said, aren't I better than I used to be? <laughs> <laughs> she says it to me too, though. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> How did having kids change your marriage in the first place? Because that's obvious. Well, what's obvious? Is it obvious though? Yeah, because once you add somebody to the picture, now you have someone wanting you to fill their coffee cup. That's water. right. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they get married, and have you those? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I'll put it this way: once you add somebody to the mix, it changes everything. It changed when you were born. It changed again when Bethany was born. It changed when I had the miscarriage. 
It changed when anybody came into this house and pretty much lived. It changed when they left. It changed when Texas came. It changed when Corbin came. It it always changes because it changes the whole dynamic. Okay, but how did it change? Your personalities. It's just, it changes. You really can't. Yeah, okay. So, how different. Maybe changes everything. It changes in the way you do things. Yeah. It it changes the way you think. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, when we we had you, it changed the way I prayed. Mm -hmm. Because I realized. I've got this kid in my life. Oh now. my goodness! I have to tell this story. I I've got this kid, yeah, and I can't just live my life as crazy as I've been living. Not crazy, but you know, not praying half like hazard, I should. Yeah. yeah, haphazard. I realize, you know, I'll never forget one day at church when you're standing beside me, and then all of a sudden I, I had put my foot up on the altar at Star Bethlehem and. You put your foot up on the altar. And then I realized you was watching me. So I'd done several things. And everything I'd done, you'd done it right behind me. And you was very small. And, I, and it, it just hit me. He's like, he's watching me. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I remember that. Do you? Oh, wow. He's, <laughs> yes. He's watching me. I so it changes the scope. That. It should change the scope of how you live your life. I, know, I, I remember this. I, I told you that. I always took church really, really serious, but I had never prayed through to the Holy Ghost by myself, in a room by myself. I remember you were in a car seat beside me at the bottom of the stairs. I was kneeling down. We had a whole different culture then. Oh, God, help me. This baby's watching me. He's, He's dependent on me. And I prayed through the Holy Ghost right then. There's many, many times that I went to the bottom of those stairs and prayed and talked y'all, to God and called Y'all can't envision that, can you? <laughs> yeah. my, my whole life, as long as I can remember, I remember waking up to the sound of you praying through to the Holy Ghost. There you go. So. I didn't want you to not remember, yeah. not know a mom. Thing is, I, I, I've heard so many stories of people who were totally backslid and decided. I mean, we even heard it just two weeks ago on this podcast of people who were backslid and said, "Okay, I'm getting in church because my babies mm-hmm. are born." You, so you um, should know that's going to change you, or you don't need to have kids. That's just what yeah. I'm going to say. Uh, okay, so second question to bounce off of that: How different was the change when Bethany got married and then had a kid? How did that change your life? So many things happened right then that I couldn't even <clears throat> begin to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just like, uh, yeah. Everything. 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 I don't know. You're talking about the grandkid? Yes. Are you talking about when Corbin was born? Yeah. I thought course. you said when Bethany well, got Bethany married. Well, Bethany got married. But then and she then when she had Corbin. Okay. I'll go back to what I said. So many things had changed. We had been through a rough, 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 rough season in our life. Like rough five years, to be honest. Where's that dog? Yeah. Huh? Where's that dog? <laughs> <laughs> and... When Corbin was born, when Bethany told me she was pregnant, I was literally scared to death. 
because I had a miscarriage. I knew how bad Bethany wanted a baby. And I was so afraid of what would happen to her if she had a miscarriage. I was afraid to get excited about it. And then, of course, this is right in the middle of COVID. Realizing yeah. I'm probably not going to be able to go to the hospital. And I wasn't. And then she ends up with that bee sting in the hospital. Nobody can go. And I call her after church and she's bawling her eyes out. And it scares me to death. And I'm like, because they made Texas leave. Oh, yeah. And then she calls me that night. They're having trouble sticking her. And they have to get other people down there and sticking her in her hand and all that kind of stuff. And then she ends up going to the hospital and has a C-section. And... I'm crying and, <coughs> and we're worried and worrying to death in the middle of the night because they go to sleep and won't answer the phone. No, it's nighttime. We go to sleep. Dude, she was puking and crying when the I last we heard, left. she was puking and crying, wasn't feeling good. And texted, "Oh, I go to sleep. I'm gonna come over." Yeah, we'll let them stay up all night. Where we're in. And, and, and then we finally call the nurse and they make them talk to us and. Then I'm crying and praying, and we get the phone call. Oh, he's crying and peeing, and he's all healthy. And after they had the C-section, and literally the greatest joy of my life is crawling under this table right now. And yeah, if we you said if you could go back and do something, I wish I could go back and have y'all with the knowledge I know now with Corbin being at exactly. My life. Bethany <laughs> and Texas are tremendous parents. And I think that I could have learned a lot from them. And um, we've had so many... You know many... the reason why you could learn a lot from them? Well... Because they learned a lot from you. Oh, that's sweet. I actually learned a lot from Bethany, so she technically learned it from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and we've went through a lot, lot, lot of hard things since Corbin's been born. And I feel like God brought Corbin to us at just the right time. I pray a lot and thank God, literally saying thank you for the blessing that is Corbin. This is the blessing. Because he is a blessing. Yeah. Okay. So, I got two final things to ask to wrap this up. So, Roy mentioned last week, I believe he said the average marriage lasts eight and a half years. I think that's what he said, yeah. About eight and a half years. You have outlasted that by 21. Yep. So 29 years this year. How you get there? Well, <laughs> it's kind of like what I said at the beginning about writing those letters where I was breaking up with him and apologizing at the end and never giving them to him. We learned to just stay together through thick and thin, through the rough and... I've I seen a meme... Or a cartoon, I think, in IBC Perspectives, maybe. They were talking, they were asking this old couple about how they made their marriage work. And they said, we grew up in a time where we didn't throw things away. We made them work. We fixed them. Yeah. Communication. A lot of James Dobson and Elizabeth Elliot and Sunshine on the Soap Suds and those people that you thought were crying when I was listening to them on the radio. Um, <laughs> I heard, I was listening to a marriage. There's a podcast for you, those of you who are married. It's called the Young Married Couples Podcast. And it's an apostolic family that, hey guys, 
Um, apostolic couple, their therapists, psychiatrists, all that. It's an excellent podcast. You should listen to it. Anyway, they was talking to this guy. His name's Keith Gregory, and I actually wrote this down because I knew he was going to be doing this. But I didn't do any homework. I'm sorry. But he said did 29 to years the young people getting married <laughs> start off well and it will only get better and better oh that's good and that's to start off well make sure before you get married you get some things fixed I think Roy said it don't take pornography addiction into marriage don't take a big huge debt into your marriage um Try to get that stuff taken care of and fixed in your life. That'll help you get married. I heard Brother James Hughes say this. You, when does most couples get divorced? Yeah, the only the average marriage on his last eight years, but there's a huge m- number of people who get divorced after their kids get out of their house. And we're not there yet. Well, but... <laughs> That's because they said they don't know how to live together. Yeah. They can't communicate without the kids. I couldn't really find... There's a problem. I I wanted to get another couple that was in the... Empty uh, nester. Empty nester stage. Uh, but I really couldn't find many of them that had actually yeah. been married longer than you. Here... Because a whole lot of them, like, they were either remarried... Or they, one of the spouses was dead. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing, too. I remember, used to, when I was younger, I'd always tell everybody, oh, a marriage takes... Three. Three. And I got, or y'all, a marriage takes two. You know, you and, you and your spouse being one, and then God being the other. But, everybody say a marriage is 50-50. It's not 50-50. It's 100%. Sometimes you're given 90% and they're given 10. That makes 100. Sometimes you're given 60 and they're given 40. Sometimes you're given 10, they're given 90. When you say, till death do us part, that's the mentality you got to have that no matter what, we're going to give 100%. And if my spouse can't give they're 50, then I'm going to make up the other part until they can. Because one of these days, it'll, it'll swap around. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not that case, but one of these days it could be you doing everything, including wiping their bottom, mm. packing them where they need to be, till death do us part, that's what that means. So if you're giving 95% and they're giving 5 you're still giving 100%. Yeah, That's going to make the marriage last. And that's the thing. I, I, so often when I've heard that illustration of uh, 95 and 5 or whatever, I've pictured someone who was just like not there giving their all emotionally or something well, like that. Well, that does happen sometimes. However, yeah. but I, I, I've thought about that many times. And yes, that's true. But I, I'm not sure it, it's really hit me until just then. That comes down to when they literally physically can't do it. Like Daddy absolutely. and Mama was. And mm-hmm. when you said that, I had that image in my head. Yeah. I know what that looks like. I've seen it happen. Yeah. And that's uh, I posted. I posted something on Facebook last night on my Facebook story. Papa watching the preaching last night. Hey man, and I said I was so proud of my apostolic heritage. But honestly, that's one of the key elements of 
why that's a good example. Mm-hmm. It's because he lived it to the core. This is till death do us yeah. part. And she lived it when he was working, when she was yeah. cooking for everybody and all that kind of stuff. And uh, there was times when she, I'm sure she thought that she was giving it all and he wasn't giving much. And But it, like he said, it turned around on that. You go to the end. Yeah. Go all the way to the end. Okay, so you you alluded to it. Uh, can you just give me some of your opinion on modern dating? <laughs> and then I'll just kind of say any last thoughts after that for all of this. Modern I don't know. Dating. I mean, I've seen a lot of it. I think some of it's really scary. I mean, it's just like... Somebody's asking you the other day, how do you know if she's real? She might be some 50-year-old woman somewhere on the other side of the No, no, they said 50-year-old man. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It is scary. And I've heard some awful things about somebody meeting up on Tinder or whatever and going and meeting in some parking lot, and that's terrifying. Yeah. And I just think that you need to be really, really, really careful with some of that stuff. And it needs to be more than a text relationship. Yeah. And if, and if, if you get in a I just want to say, this is just, I just want to say this, all right? If you get in a relationship and you decide you don't want to be there, and let me speak to the guys for sure, don't text I'm breaking up. Yeah. If you've ain't got enough guts to call her on the phone or go see her and tell her you're breaking up, just... You have to do it. Just stay in your room and don't come out anymore. more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I Such have a seen, sissy. I mean, like, Bethany and Texas, I mean, they're an example of, of a good, positive, modern relationship. Yeah. I, they spend time together. And I, I think that's, that's you can't build no a way around it. You have to spend yeah. time with each other. And with that said, you said final notes. This may be my, my final. I want to speak to the guys out there, whether you've been married a year or 30 years. Tell her you love her every day, multiple times, and for God's sake, take her on a date. Okay, and another one. I heard somebody was talking the other day, and they were saying, oh, and he got this text message, and he wouldn't let me see it. If he wouldn't let me see his text messages, oh my goodness, we would not be married. Mm-hmm. And you got to be open. If you, yeah. got to be open. Let me, let me say this. Now, I know you're not married, but let me say this. I, I say it. When you're married, the most vulnerable part of the marriage is the intimacy in the bedroom. And I think one reason God designed it that way, and I've heard it in multiple podcasts lately, when you're in the bedroom in that setting with your spouse, you're absolutely the most vulnerable you are to anybody because you're willing to... to Show your physical body completely to your mate. You need to have that same aspect with your emotional part too. You got to be willing to give them all of yourself. And give that part out to them. Because if not, your marriage is not going to be everything it needs to be. It's the same way with God. So, you need to be, you preached it several years ago. uh, Naked and unashamed. You're able to be, be able to be before started. your spouse naked and unashamed, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And if you're, if you're not, if, you, if you're trying to 
cover yourself with something, then your relationship's going to be like God walking in the garden. Adam, where are you? Eve, where are you? They're going to be wanting to know where you are all the time. But if you're willing to open yourself up to that person, there is no communication breakdown. And you can have a And there's a, tons of times when we've had an argument. This is, and it's just one of the things that I do that I know drives him crazy. But when I'm laying there with my head on his shoulder at nighttime, and he's just sitting there, I said, are you okay? Are you okay? And he'll say, yes. I said, I feel a wall. We're not okay. And honestly, if you're trying to hide something, it's not going to work because they're going to know. Because... You can feel it when something's off. Yeah. And I'm thankful that she's helped me with that. Yeah. Because yeah. I get that from my daddy. I've seen daddy go a week without talking to mama. That's not right. I'm thankful that she helped me with that. Yeah. Well, in the end, be completely open. Mm-hmm. Communicate. Be honest. Mm-hmm. And even if you've been married 29 years, still, still date. say I love you and still go on dates. Husband, romance, your wife. All right. I think, I think that is a pretty good way to wrap it up. And one of my favorite things about what you just said is that you actually said it. Go ahead and say I love you. That's right. That's I, I have heard so many people say... Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. He's like, that, that, uh, What's that I told you I love you on the day, uh, on the day we met. Anything changes, the, I'll anything let you changes, know. anything changes, I'll let you know. That would never work with me. No, that's stupid. Don't do that. No. I, I've heard so yeah, many people say me. that. What? You gotta yeah. remind me, dog. What'd you say? You gotta remind her. That's right. Well, even beyond that, it's the power of the spoken word. Yeah. If you don't speak it, then it creates imaginations of what? God said it, to the, said it to Moses in the wilderness. He said, you said your children were going to be prey. You said that I sent you to the wilderness to die. Well, let it be according to your word. Mm. Absolutely. And so the children got to go on, and they didn't. Mm. All right. Now, I think that pretty well is going to cover it. Because <laughs> uh, this is the last one of this little series that we were doing. Next week, we're going to be back. And next week we're going to just go and talk about something that's been bugging me. What? And, uh... You said none of your business. It's, uh, it's just something that's been bugging me. He's and not honestly, married to you and he ain't got to tell you. And honestly, one of the, and honestly, one of the insinuate things that made it start was a Disney movie. Encanto. Encanto. What is it? It's, it we're talking about forgiveness next oh, week. Oh, forgiveness. <laughs> Yes. That's good. We're talking about forgiveness because YouTube comments annoyed me into wanting to talk about forgiveness. So we will talk to you guys again next week. Huh? What? Who are we forgiving? Bruno? Yeah, in the end, the end, the whole family being, the whole family forgiving grandma at the end of the movie. So you're going to talk about Bruno next week. We are going to talk about Bruno. All right. We'll talk to you guys again next week.